welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 2, Episode 14, Birthday. The original air date for this episode was February 2nd, 1987. It was directed by James L. Conway, who had directed Silent World and will continue directing five more episodes in the series um, and he did a lot of Star Trek and it was written by Rob Hedden who we've had write stuff before this is his third of four MacGyvers and uh, as we mentioned before he was the writer-director of Jason Takes Manhattan yeah um, why don't we cover this uh, episode in brief alright in this episode uh, MacGyver encounters a pregnant woman who's on the run from some mobsters one of which is her husband who are out to kill her because she found out the secrets to their uh, organization, I guess. Right. And uh, they get kind of trapped in a warehouse while they surround it. Yep. Um, and then going a little further in depth, uh, we start, I think, with her story. Yeah. Well, MacGyver's on the, like, the, it's kind of like mostly her story. We start with MacGyver driving across the bridge in San Pedro. Oh, okay, right. And, like, we see this red sports car, like, race Zoom by past him. past him, yeah. And that's, like, kind of the lead-in to her right away. And it looks like he's heading fishing right he's got the right. fishing pole on the back of the jeep it's a big fishing pole like with like thick line and everything like like it's something out of jaws yeah yeah and yet we meet um elaine harriman who is a woman at her home pregnant and she's just very she looks very depressed she's kind of looking around the room and collecting files and and you get you obviously get the sense that something is very very wrong yeah uh and she is pregnant very pregnant very pregnant yeah it's it's any day now and they dressed her the way you dress a pregnant lady on television, which is like a kind moo-moo. of a muumuu with a vest around it to just <laughs> pronounce the belly as much as possible. And she's, of course, she's got both hands gripped around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah, we kind of cut back and forth between her and MacGyver making his way to go fishing, but he stops at a gas station, and he has like this really encounter with a really irate uh, gas station attendant. Right. Yeah. The the actor Bill Henderson plays the gas station attendant. Who I immediately recognized, and then after looking it up, it was from Clue, yeah. where he plays the cop who shows up, and then they lock him in the room. With, <laughs> but uh, he comes in like wearing the poncho from the rain and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's also he plays a lot of like memorable character actors in different places, like uh, in Lethal Weapon Four when they're getting married at the end, like right as Rene Russo is about to give birth, and there's mm-hmm. a guy who's trying to like give a urine sample to a doctor. Like, he's that guy that's yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. hand over the urine sample. And I totally remember that. As soon as I read Patient with Urine Sample, I was like, I know exactly what yeah. scene this it's is Joe from. Pesci tries to, to gra- grabs it from him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in Fletch, he's credited as Speaker, which I'm assuming is at that Shriners Club meeting right, right. when Fletch runs up on stage and just takes the mic away from him and yeah. pretends like he's giving, like, a speech, speech for the guy. Not going to sing for us, are you, Sammy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been a wonderful ceremony so far. Here on behalf of our own Fred... The Dorf Dorfman. And then he just, uh, he says, like, why don't you just uh, get up and hug these fine servicemen that are approaching yeah. the stage? <laughs> They're all just getting trapped. But, um, but yeah, Fletch is great. And that's yeah. streaming now, by the way, if you want to check it out uh, on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, American Netflix, at least. I don't, I can't speak for international rights. Get a proxy. Get a proxy. Um, but yeah, so Bill Henderson is just having a bad day at the gas station. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I guess MacGyver, when he first comes up, is saying that he's complaining because he pulled up to the gas station and ran over a beer bottle. Well, yeah. Well, the first encounter is is him like 
saying, oh, it's a nice day. What's nice about it? And it's yeah. just like, all right. Okay, but you're yeah, having a bad day. But, but then he runs over the beer bottle, and like he and, and he's not really upset about the bottle. He just wants to buy a new tire. But he already has a tire, which yeah. I thought was weird that he, was, he wants to buy one from a gas station, because they're obviously going to mark it up like crazy. Yeah, I, and for, he doesn't want to use his spare, but it's a full-size spare. It's yeah. not like it's a bad tire. Yeah. But he's, he goes up to the window and says, oh, you're never going to believe this, but I somebody left a beer bottle out there. So And he's like, oh, you're trying to blame me now. That's what's wrong with this country. Everybody's trying to blame each other. Nobody yeah. wants to take And he's like, all right, I'll just use my spare. I'll then. use the spare. I was going to buy a tire from you for a 400% profit on your part. But <laughs> that's fine. Uh, then uh, we cut back to the sports car. So like the sports car that was from the opening. We're now following it to its destination. And this is Andrew driving the sports car each Correct. time, right? yeah. And uh, he's pulling up to the same house where Elaine is kind of waiting for him to, to have it out with him. Now, is she not even supposed to know about this house? Uh, no, you know, the, it's, it's kind of a strange plot that gets revealed through, throughout the course of the episode that Andrew is an ex-con. Like, right. she got him out of prison because she's a social worker. And then uh, he told her that they had to, he had this dream of trying to put together a home, a yeah, halfway, halfway house, house to for... Help. Other ex-cons achieve parole, and and she thought it was a really great idea too. Well, she she told him she had this dream of doing it, and he uh, latched onto it like I could make money with this and get my friends out of prison. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, because I I wasn't clear if if when Andrew first gets there, if he's like, oh, she's not even supposed to know where this house is. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. if it's because he's worried because he gets to the house and her car's parked out front. Right. And then he goes in the back door. And there's two cons sitting at a kitchen table that are just mm-hmm. like, yeah, she's been here for a while, and she's pretty pissed off. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, Elaine, like, we just get kind of sense. We don't have, like, a complete sense of what she's yelling at him about. Yeah. But, but you know, she start, starts going on and on, and then she, she starts mentioning, like, drugs and weapons and the Soledad Brotherhood, which, you know, we'll kind of get more about that later. Yeah. But, uh... And, and Andrew is so like, uh, all right, you got me. But the best part is you don't have to testify against me because we're husband and a wife. Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, I guess that would be my first concern, too. You can tell he's kind of been planning this, though, in the back yeah. of his head. Like, she's going to figure this out eventually, and then I'm going to explain to her, look, we can continue to do this and make good money, and they can't ask you to testify against me. Mm-hmm. So unless someone else finds out, what are the chances? Yeah. Um, and then it's it seems pretty clear here too that that he like encouraged her to like um work work socially like into like the Beverly Hills scene mm-hmm. so that she would be too embarrassed to admit to everyone that she had made this terrible yeah. mistake. Well, like he knew that she would just be locked into the decision. Yeah, because she comes from money, right? And and her whole thing is like that she's got a chip on her shoulder, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because because she had such a wealthy upbringing, and. Uh, she wanted to kind of give back to people who didn't have that. Yeah. And but, this, the actress here playing Elaine is uh, Tony Kalem, um, who played Angie Bonpensiero on The Sopranos. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. I still have not seen The Sopranos. I have also reason. not seen frame one uh, of The Sopranos. But I think she does a terrific job in this episode. Just mm-hmm. like it, her cry voice is amazing. Mm. She does a really good job of like the cry speaking. And, um, and she also handles this like kind of sharp dialogue really well yeah she she gets like a lot of like little one-liners in yeah, towards MacGyver. full of zingers and and at first i was like well she seems so like pessimistic for the whole episode for someone who 
married an ex-con and mm-hmm. wanted to set up a halfway house. But then it's like, she also just found out about all this. So right. she, I would be really skeptical for the whole next week also. Even if I was the most optimistic person in the world, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe everyone's lying to me. This is terrible. Yeah. But but she's got all the evidence in one briefcase. Right. Uh, uh, and why he kept such meticulous records, I'll never know. Yeah. Um, evidence but, of forged documents. Like, he took pictures of the before and afters. Yeah, it's like, this is me forging. Look how, be- look how good I'm going. <laughs> I'm getting my, better. My forging is improving. Uh, and so... Sh- uh, she tries to leave, and he pulls a, a letter opener on her, and I, I guess he's going to stab her with it. Yeah, he's going to kill his his nine months pregnant wife. Yeah, it's pretty dark. It's yeah. one of the darkest things we've seen, I think, so far. Yeah. That he's just willing to kill them both. He's that disinterested in going to prison. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> she just kind of casually slaps the knife out of his hand, and when he goes down to pick it up, she clobbers him with a little statuette yeah and uh and then just runs out and apparently i guess like the goons uh don't see him even though like the the house is full of them yeah and uh well she goes out the front door i assume mm -hmm. and so since everyone's hanging out in the back of the house because people typically use the back door for whatever reason here right because it's just a criminal syndicate um but also the the actor playing uh her husband andrew harryman is uh joe lambie and he's going to come back later in the series for two episodes playing the same character in those two episodes. Mm. Not not the character from this episode, but Eric Woodman. Um, but he'll be he'll appear in Hearts of Steel and 20 Questions. Okay. But yeah, and when she leaves, they make a point with this insert of showing her grab something off the counter but not grabbing the car keys. Which Correct. Which just seemed like, why wouldn't she have grabbed the car keys? Uh, I guess just because she's in a panic. I mean, yeah. but... It's important to show that the car keys aren't taken because when she gets out to her car, she's digging through her purse and she can't find it. She just she just throws all her everything just to the ground and just makes a run for it. Yeah, but she's still got the briefcase with her, right? Yes, that's well. I mean, that's her that's her leverage. That's her ticket out. Yeah. Yeah. So you know she's running. Andrew's coming to, and she he sends out the men after him, and he is really good at playing like this disoriented, like like he is this. He's wobbling all over. Like yeah, he he's can't gra- stand up straight. He's got yeah. two guys carrying him. And uh, like you, he's telling him like you know you gotta go get her and kill her. He's like, what about your kid? He's like, you know we're going back to prison if she talks. Got her. And like he he's just but he's so out of it. Yeah. That like I even like the the crooks are like maybe you don't know what you're quite what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pregnant. Yeah. And I'm surprised that they didn't bother to write at least one of these henchmen as like more hesitant like mm-hmm. wait maybe i could better my life yeah she even like tries to talk one out of it later and i mm-hmm. just feel like it would have been a little an extra bonus to have one of these guys like i'm not cool about killing a nine-month pregnant lady yeah um but yeah so she runs up to the gas station where macgyver is just finishing putting the spare on his jeep and uh just says you know, oh my god, I need your help, please. And then he says, are you going to have a baby? And she's like, no, I'm going to get murdered. <laughs> Which is a funny way of put it, putting it, but she's just taking his line and changing mm-hmm. the last part of it. Which yeah. we'll see a lot of in this episode. Yeah, I, I do kind of like it. It's 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 because such a, it's just, it's not what you expect. Yeah. It's not like there are people after me. It's very specific, I'm about to be murdered. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they just kind of drive off. And, 
and while they're kind of running from these guys, MacGyver, I guess he kind of takes a wrong turn or takes a turn where he thought he would have a, an opportunity to make a, to lose them. Yeah, but it bring, really doesn't make any sense that he goes to this warehouse the way he does. Yeah, because they end up being trapped there. Yeah, and uh, so while they're kind of going through it, it's a it's some kind of boat repair or uh, maybe salvage or decommissioning warehouse because the the actual warehouse used to be the Ford Long Beach assembly plant. Oh, um, and that's according to uh, E Dog twenty four eleven from the Mac Online forums, the MacGyver Online forums. Um, but it was also used in Knight Rider episode Night of the Rising Sun, apparently. Hmm. Um, and uh, Miracle Mac, who we've mentioned before, also recognized this warehouse from the first Lethal Weapon movie. Um, it serves as the boiler room where Murtaugh is getting tortured. Okay, okay. When Riggs finally catches up with them. But, so it's just, um, it's just an abandoned warehouse somewhere yeah. in Long Beach or San Pedro. Yeah. But for a long time, it, it was the main Ford assembly plant in Southern California. Well, I mean, I'm only guessing, like, as far as plot purposes, that it's supposed to be, like, a boat salvage yard. Yeah, that's there's... what it looks like. And they have, like, a crane, and there's, like, boats all Straps. over the second floor, even. And yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. Um, so they come around a corner, and uh, Max stops the Jeep, and I and he wheels, like, this, like, sailboat hull out uh, into the path of the approaching goon car. Yeah. And they just kind of come around the corner and just crash right through it. Yeah. And so... Mac and Elaine just get back in the Jeep, but then they hit a dead end wall. Like the like the the alleyway that they're driving through just comes to an end. It's it's like and it's like a twelve foot wall. Yeah, and it's all brick. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she says we can't go forward and we can't go back. How do we get out? And then he says we don't. We get in. Yeah. Which is another fun just dialogue twist. Mm-hmm. But there's there's like there's at least like a dozen doors along the side of this warehouse. On both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah. And. Mac goes, just grabs one randomly and opens it, and it's completely unlocked. Yeah. And then as soon as he gets in, he jams it closed with a metal rod, but it's like, what about the other 11 well, doors? That, I mean, there's a lot of implications here. Like, first of all, if he's jamming a stick in it, that means it doesn't lock from the inside. Yeah. So if it doesn't lock from the inside, and it wouldn't lock from the outside, then all of those doors are open. Exactly. And if all of those doors are open... And there's doors on both sides. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even have to take this bridge over the gap. Like, th- there's doors the whole length of both sides of this warehouse. There's exactly. so many ways out. Yeah. And uh, and then, but the goons, well, first the, the goons call it in after they crash. Like, they grab the sweet car phone. Yeah. And, uh, and we cut to Andrew, who's being, like, stitched up by another one of his guys. And He's being very delicate, I noticed. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it reminds me a lot of Mugatu's assistant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mistake, Shakovim. <laughs> Your mistake, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, and like they're they're just basically reporting in that that she got into a car with another guy. She's like them. And then he just kind of re- reiterates the order of get them. Yeah, you, you calling me right now is not. It's not permission for you to leave. Yeah. You still have to kill them. Yeah, because like, they seem like they had enough. Like, ah, she got with some guy. They drove away. We don't know where they are. We lost them at the warehouse. Okay, well, find them again. Okay. Yeah. All right, boss, if you say so. Uh, so, as you were saying, like, there are lots of ways out of this warehouse, but MacGyver chooses to cross, like, this uh, machinery pit. That's the only thing I can figure out. Sure, yeah, it's yeah. Some kind of pit that runs down the length of the entire warehouse. And, uh, there's like a, just like a, like a, it's a pretty thick wooden plank, but it's just a wooden, like a big 
chunk of wood. Yeah, and that's it doesn't give way until he has the jeep completely on top of it. Yeah, and yeah, and like the pit is almost the is the almost the exact length of the jeep. Yeah, it's like maybe a foot longer. Mm-hmm. So here's this jeep wedged Austin Powers style in this yeah. pit. He has to do a thousand point turn to get out, yeah. which I, I still think he could have done. I think he could have done it. Um, yeah, but he, he doesn't try that. Um. um so they, they choose to abandon the vehicle. Because right now they're kind of in a hurry, so they mm-hmm. just ditch it. Right, because the goons are now, like, smashing windows. They ditch it. Because <laughs> it's in a ditch. Because it's in a ditch. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're just, they have, like, a four-by-four. Four. They're just yeah. smashing through the windows. It's like, like well, one, how did they even know that he jammed it in a place that's next to a window? Yeah, yeah. And two, why not try one of the other doors? Yeah, there's so many doors, and they're just smashing the one that... And they're smashing the window right next to the stick that he jammed in the gear. Yeah, it's like, Like, they know, they know where it is. Um, eh. So, uh, they kind of just kind of go into the the steam tunnels, like, piping rooms of the, of the warehouse. It's just covered in pipes. Yeah. And, uh... So that's why I'm saying it. Like this place looks abandoned, but all these pipes are running and still full of water, and uh, it still seems like there's electricity. So, it, I don't know. It's weird. It's kind of I don't understand the what this place is being used for currently. Um, and uh, you know, we're assuming it's the weekend because he's going fishing. Uh, Elaine starts telling MacGyver a little bit more about her story, and uh, that Andrew made a deal with a gang in a prison gang called the Soledad Brotherhood. And they also, at some point, say, I'm not going back to Soledad. So I guess Soledad is the name of the prison. Yeah. Um, I don't know how prison gang names work, if you if it's traditional to name it I after the prison. I think it's your first pet and then the street that you grew up on, or is that your, <laughs> that's your prison name, actually? <laughs> Thinking of something else. Anyway. But then when they get when they get that door open, the, when the bad guys get the door open and they move into the warehouse, mm-hmm. it just makes me laugh when you see the shot of the jeep in the trench. Because it's just like, they don't even know that there ever was a bridge there. So they're just like, what the hell is this guy trying to do? <laughs> he just drove it into the ditch and then got out and ran off? Yeah. there's He could have driven around it. It's flat on that side. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very confusing thing to see. Yeah. Um, so they just start looking around. And uh, they just happen to go into the same area where they are. And uh, MacGyver, uh, while they're kind of hiding among these pipes... MacGyver almost has, it's almost the same situation as Deathlock, where he has, like, a pipe that he's just going to unleash a whole bunch of water yeah. all out at once. And uh, so he manages to take out one goon doing that. that yeah, that shot reminds me of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit when he takes out Doom. Oh, with the dip? Yeah, when yeah. he punches the hose. Uh, and uh, the the second, like, she she's starting to have, like like, labor pains and contractions. And she says her water breaks. Yeah. Which which is funny because, like, the whole floor is covered with water. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. This is... I didn't realize what people meant when they said that until this scene. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, like, a really funny moment where she says, like... He says, now's not a good time. And she says, well, tell him that. And he goes, not now. Yeah. Did she say tell him that? Or does she say tell that to the baby? Ah. Uh-huh. Because later on she chastises him for assuming it's right. a guy. I just wonder... Yeah, I, I can't, can't remember. remember now. Well, we'll cut it in right now. <sighs> Tell that to this kid. Oh, so it was a boy. <laughs> oh, so it was a girl. Oh. Oh, so I don't know what the third option would be. <laughs> I'm going to leave all of those, all in. those in. 
I'm not going to edit that. That's going in. All three versions. <laughs> Those are called takes. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the other goon that's uh, on their way, uh, she he's the one that uh, she tries to plead with. Right, yeah. She, she's trying to say, like, you had such great hopes and dreams, and, like, you don't have to do this. And he's the one who says, I'm not going back to Soledad. Like, he doesn't care about yeah. bettering his life. He just doesn't want to go back to prison. It's like, right. a good way to not go back to prison is to do things correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of think of, like, a Jim Carrey and Liar Liar. Stop breaking the law! <laughs> um, but he doesn't... When you were talking about earlier about, like, being hesitant to kill her, and... Because he just asks for the briefcase. Right, yeah, that's really so, all he needs. Yeah, so like, I'm not quite sure if he was willing to kill her or not. Yeah. But we never find out because MacGyver's like hanging up in the pipes and kind of does like a swing down kick in the head yeah. and knocks him into the wall. I just feel like we could have used this shot like kind of like when Jeffrey Lewis blew that guy away. Like, just have one of the henchmen be like, no, you know what? She's right. We can we can better our lives and and then have Andrew kill the guy. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, we had to do it. He was he was gonna expose all of us, and then just make him that much more of a bad guy. Yeah. But they didn't do that. No, no. no. Uh. So we kind of get a we get a really quick shot of Andrew waiting like to hear back from his men, and he hasn't heard from him in a while. So he he tells one of the other goons like to gather everybody up just in case. So they're they're ready to go for when when the time comes. But all the henchmen on scene are incapacitated at this point. Correct. They're only yeah. They're only two, two at the warehouse currently. One of them was somehow knocked unconscious with water. Mm-hmm. And so now they're both out of commission. And... Yeah, he ties them up like to some of the valves and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so, but Andrew decided to go and check things out on his own. Right. And so he drives his. Uh, they they winch out the jeep. Um, well, they all, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, I guess. They winch the Jeep to match, to go uh, parallel with the pit. Yeah, so that he can drive the length of it, and then they set up a ramp at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that ramp gives way, but then he just pops it in a four-wheel drive and manages to pull the Jeep out. Which, again, like, I would have just let the pregnant lady get out of the pit first, mm-hmm. and then try and drive the Jeep up this ramp. Yeah. There's no reason to do this with her in the car. Exactly. Especially if her water is broken. But, you know. Whoever likes to take risks. Yeah. Uh, so they're basically now back where they started, in just inside the warehouse. But now not, they're not for the last time either. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my big problems with this episode is that we're constantly resetting. That it's just like, all right, we're back by this door we locked four hours ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're trapped in the warehouse again. Um, but so Mac tries one of the the further away doors. And, of course, it's unlocked, like we've been saying. Like all of them are. They're all unlocked. Which is weird because MacGyver even makes the point, like, I can't believe the way we came in is the only way out. And it's like, this, this is like a door factory. There's yeah. just doors everywhere. What are you talking <laughs> about? They didn't even try and frame them out of the shot. Yeah, it's, I, I don't understand what's happening. Even, like, all they would have had to do, literally, is once they drove in and wedged that door closed. Still wedge that door closed. Because try and open another door. And then just yeah, drive all the way down, open the other door while the goons are trying to smash through the other one over there. Yeah. Their car is incapacitated. Yeah, they're stuck in a boat. And yeah. their car doesn't have a reverse function apparently. So yeah. it's got a it's got a car phone. They had to choose between the options of the dealer. Yeah. Well, you can get the sweet car phone, but we're gonna have to take the R off of your gear shift. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
replace it with a P for phone. <laughs> All right, I guess that's cool. And he just scrapes the leg off the R. All right, now it's a P. Congratulations, you've got the first car phone ever because no one else is as stupid as you guys. Yeah. Have fun with that monthly charge. <laughs> uh, so MacGyver, as soon as MacGyver opens up this door, Andrew pulls up in the sports car, and MacGyver does this weird yeah. <laughs> when he sees him. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of it's a really great move because he just kind of jumps up onto the door and pulls himself out of view. Yeah. To and you just see it slide down and he yeah. drops down behind it. Right, because Andrew starts opening fire at him. Yeah. Uh, and luckily this door is bulletproof. Yeah, exactly. Um, just not lockable. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he's like, I got a feeling his car is faster than ours. And yeah. they just start racing around in the bottom yeah, floor of this factory. They're just driving around. Andrew, his car, like, stalls out, I guess, at one point. Um, yeah, like, a. When he says, like, I guess his car, I think his car is faster than ours. She's like, guess who bought it for him? It's like, you bought a, you bought a Corvette for an ex-con? What is your problem? Yeah, exactly. It's like, what, where is this money? You did not think to wonder where this money is coming. Of course, she comes from money. Yeah. So maybe she doesn't notice all this money coming in. Yeah. This was like part of her allowance. Yeah. See, that's all he needed to do. Like, Andrew did this all wrong. Like, he married a wealthy woman. Or her woman who had access to wealth. To wealth. Yeah. He should have been going, like, totally legit or scamming, slowly feeding money away. Yeah, there really wasn't any reason to, like, oh, I'm going to start a crime syndicate. And it's like, no, you already, you're already a rich person. Your yeah. wife is throwing all this money on a, on a sports car for you, and she doesn't even think about it. Like, mm-hmm. just go live with her and raise a kid and be a normal person now. Yeah, it's, eh, you know, but, you know, once a con, always a con. That's what I say. You can't yeah, the, rehabilitate The them. lesson to be learned from this episode is it's impossible to rehabilitate criminals. <laughs> Life sentences for everyone. <laughs> that we, we do not support that. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. We have an open door policy. Uh, so this reminds me of the revolving door. Prison. Prison <laughs> yeah. on The Simpsons. I, I like the one where, uh, where the it's uh, Snake and some of the other prisoners and Snake sees his car go by. And the door, there's like a, just a, a small gate on the fence, and it says, must remain locked. He's all, screw the honor system. And he, he opens the door, runs out, and, and Kearney's in there, and he goes, you're only making it worse for the rest of us. <laughs> uh, so uh, MacGyver drives his Jeep into a freight elevator. Yeah. And, uh, just, and they just ride it all the way to the top floor. Which, by the way, uh, E-Dog2411 says they use the same freight elevator in that Knight Rider episode mm. we mentioned earlier. I love freight elevators. Um, there's a, a storage unit uh, where I work, and it's the because it used to it used to be a, a car storage facility. Oh, okay. That they converted into like units. Yeah. Um, so all the floors are really wide. Yeah. Uh, with just makeshift uh, walls and stuff, but the elevator is this gigantic elevator designed to like lift vans and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's all exposed, and I just I don't know I. I does it have like the the car, or the uh, like furniture blankets on the walls or? Uh, no, but it's it's all exposed and it has like that crazy set of like old old timey buttons like oh, this okay. one did. Yeah, yeah. Where you just have to you have to hold the up button. Yeah. Like you just have to put your finger and hold it until it stops, and much what. Like, when you're the, holding the button, then nobody can do any input from the outside of the elevator. Correct. Which is why that guy when he gets to the panel, he's like trying to push buttons and nothing's happening, and he just exactly the wall. exactly. Um, and like MacGyver says, with the doors open, you can't move the car either. Right. It's the same thing with this. Like, if people, there's a there's a bell button 
like you push it and it just rings bells on all the floors. Yeah. To let people know that people are hey, waiting the for the car. Open. Yeah. yeah. Oh, a little side tangent there. Yeah. But um, so now they're up on the roof, kind of technically. Yeah. They're on. They're on the they're highest two, floor. Second or third floor. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still boats up there. Right. Which we find out why, I guess. Yeah. Because they drive outside. Uh, yeah, there's like a balcony mm-hmm. that has th- this crane that goes up and down from the water to the balcony so right. that they can move boats directly from the water to the f- third or fourth floor of this warehouse. Facility, yeah. yeah. And it's got like lifting straps. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Andrew is going to start running up the stairs, but he hears his goons crying out for help. And so he goes and unties them, which gives Mac and Elaine a little bit more time yeah. to to lower themselves down or at least get started and uh just seems like they could have looked down to see where they were lowering themselves right because he it obviously moves left and right yeah like if this is supposed to bring boats up from the water yeah i mean is it is it supposed to bring them up from just maybe a trailer that you're put park your car there i guess but it 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 seems like there must have been a little bit more range of motion on that crane because you can see the crane yeah, it's yeah. it's right right behind uh, Andrew when he gets up there. Yeah, and because uh, he comes up and they're already on the way down, and uh, and luckily he, there's like a big like sheet metal sheet metal thing over the top yeah. of it so that when he starts firing at them again he's not getting through it. Um, but he also tells his other men after he frees them to call for call the rest of the backup in. Yeah. So so now MacGyver is back where the, now they're back where they started like at the beginning with the dead end. So they drive back into the warehouse again, and now drive out the second the door that they were going to drive out originally. Right. Um, and now they're out of the warehouse, only to be greeted by all the thugs who are waiting on the outside. Right. So they have to drive back into the warehouse. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but when he drives back in, he almost hits like the two original goons. Like they're standing in the way, and they have to dive out of the yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone. Someone said something about this, and oh, what did they? They called it like a karakazi or karmakazi when you're diving out of the way of a moving car on the set. And I, I don't know if they were talking about it for this one or for three for the road. It was, I was looking up. It was not on a different. It was on a MacGyver website. They it could have either. been on the MacGyver project. Yeah, I, I think, think he keeps track of karakazis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's where I read it. Yeah. Um, not on Reddit though. Right. I read I just, it on Reddit. Uh, I just I just got that. Yeah. Just got what they call Reddit. There you go. Um, and uh, so, in order to try to escape all these goons now, which are now like there's this facility surrounded, he goes to the other side of the warehouse where there's just plate glass doors instead right. of like the the steel shutter doors, and just crashes right through that without any warning. She. She asks what he's doing. And he doesn't say. Yeah, he doesn't say, like, duck or By the way, cover your face. way, some sheet glass, yeah. cover your uterus. <laughs> and your face. And your face, too. Because um, he, cr- he crashes through it so hard that there are still planes of glass resting on the hood as and he turns. And then he skids to the right yeah, and throws was... all this glass off the car as they're fading to black for mm-hmm. commercials. It's just like... This is right on the action. Like, maybe you could have waited for them to turn this corner before you fade to black. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so now they're out in, like, a boat junkyard. Well, not just boats. Like, all kinds of junk. Yeah. Um, and again, I really feel like they could have found a way out of this. Like, But even, instead, they just start burying the car yeah, in pieces. It, it seems like there's only, like, chain-link fences. And if you just plowed through... 
a giant gold. glass plate. Yeah, yeah, I think that Jeep can handle a chain link fence. Yeah. Um, also, there seems to be a lot of boats at their disposal. Uh, yeah. That they could just get on. Um, and we learned in Prisoner of Conscience that most of the time the keys are just in the boat. Yeah, they're just right in the boat. Take right off. Uh, so, yeah, Mac, when you were talking about he camouflages the Jeep, he just kind of parks her in it. it needlessly. Yeah. Put her in one of the boats. Like I get the 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 conceit of the episode is that they are, they're stuck in a warehouse and they're stuck in a jeep in a warehouse and they can't leave the jeep. Like it like just seems like arbitrary rules. Yeah. Like if you've ever read the rules of like, the, Roadrunner Coyote cartoons, like mm. the original rule set that was like the Roadrunner is not allowed to leave the road. Yeah. The Coyote is not allowed to do certain things to the Roadrunner. It feels like they're sticking to these rules beyond. The logical sense right. of the episode. I've seen the I've seen the Roadrunner leave the road. Have you? Yes, I have. For the record, Richard has not seen that. <laughs> I'm going to watch every Roadrunner cartoon after this. Trust me, I checked. I was a disbeliever, just like yourself. It checks out. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> we just we just paused the show for a second to watch all of them. <laughs> this is three months later. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so he just kind of piles junk all around the Jeep. Yeah. And on top of her, hopefully... <laughs> it is on top of her. Yeah. It's like, I'm ho- hopefully there's no, like, chemicals or anything in this. Because there seems to be chemicals everywhere when he f- goes to find these gas tanks later. Yeah. Um, and and uh, is this when he goes to make the balloon? Yeah, well, he starts looking for... Um, ways to to get signals but first he encounters one of the goons who's looking around right and And, then he grabs his fishing pole yeah his trusty fishing pole and a really heavy uh weight yeah um and he just perfect cast throws this out and just wangs this guy right on the head yeah and it's like it looks like the sharp end of this weight hits him in the head like it's like the worst part yeah right in it looks like it's definitely a skull cracking yeah. It could have easily been a throw, but I like that he implements the perfect cast. Mm-hmm. Even though we were talking about fishing, when you kept saying the perfect cast, first my mind went to like a cast on your arm. Yeah. Like a, like a plaster. Look at how out. great this cast is. <laughs> but then I was like, you're talking about like... A, then you said like a goofy movie. You mean like the cast of a goofy movie? Like yeah, Jim, like, Jim Cummings and Jason Marston. Is Paulson in there? Rob Paulson's got to be in there. Right? Oh, I'm sure he's all because he's that. he's Jim Cummings' kid on the show. On yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Pete. Oh no, but Pete's voice is different in this. Well, it, not Pete's voice, but Pete's son. Yeah, the PJ. kid that lives next door, PJ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it is he PJ because he's Pete Junior? I don't know. I I think so. That's oh, what okay. I would say. Yeah. And Pistol. Sorry, I love. I think you're right. I think it is a different voice for the movie for some reason. Well, because Max is a different voice too. Oh, is he? Yeah, because because they're in high school, you know, they're growing up. Their voices have changed. And then they made PJ like Les's best friend, and then moved Polly Shore in there as like this surrogate best friend. That's such (laughs) a weird thing to do. Yeah. The Leaning Tower of Cheese. uh. (laughs) The Weasel. Uh, all right. Where where were we? Um, we just hit. We just knocked a person unconscious. unconscious. Probably did permanent brain damage. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm. This has been said before, but knocking a person unconscious by force, like with with a blunt object, mm-hmm. almost always causes permanent brain damage. Yeah. Look at and football MacGyver players. does that like five or six times an episode. He's punching people out left and right. Yeah. His his hand must be made of friggin' stone. Yeah. 
so MacGyver is looking for a way to signal someone for help. And so he figures that he might be able to find a flare or something in one of the uh, boats that's either being destroyed or overhauled or whatever. And uh, so he finds a, a handful of uh, uh, naval signal flags, Yeah. which if you're unfamiliar, they're pattern flags where each pattern represents a letter of the alphabet. Yes. Um, so you would you would string them up if you like need help. Um, it it's kind of a weird system. I don't quite understand it fully because like. Well, it seems like the only point of it would be so that it's a covert signal that yeah. that the message cannot be read by someone who doesn't know the flags because otherwise these flags would just have letters on them. Yeah. Right. Like and, I don't. It's. I mean, it must be for people to but the secret must have gotten out there's no mm -hmm. way that this you can't just google this and be like what does this say what does yeah. this flag say um now obviously yeah. in the 80s in very, the 80s like there, there was almost it was like 0.1 percent almost no googling in the <laughs> 80s people were still asking jeeves and they literally meant their butler named jeeves <laughs> who then googled it who then googled it in his older age uh yeah, that's why that's why I ask Chief exists. Yeah, because he's having to go through all that stuff that people are asking him. She's like, ah, I'm just gonna make a website. Uh, yeah. So he finds the signal flags, and again, there's only one of each letter, so it seems very limited since you only have five vowels, yeah. and you have to use vowels for every word. Yeah. So, uh, so he manages. You know, he grabs H E L P, spells help, uh, um, and then he needs to find a way to get them up in the air and he takes a storage bag from a, a, a sail. Yeah. And, uh, and so now he's looking around for a way to put gas or heat. I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to do what he did in, um, uh, the escape that he was going to use some hot, kind of hot air. Like he was going to make like a small fire or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and just put it full of hot air and send it up. But he looks over a bit of a wall and sees some tanks of gas. He doesn't know what they are yet. Um, but while standing up like on this like can of paint, he gently knocks it over, and instantly this goon comes running around the corner, going like, "What was that?" Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure almost the exact same thing is going to happen next week. That yeah, he's, he's in a boat or near boats. He stands up slowly, knocks over a can of paint, and a goon is notified immediately. Yeah, and so in order to knock out this goon again utilizing the fishing pole right he like grabs like the the jib i don't know maybe of the sailboat it's the 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 arm that goes out the boom the boom is that what it is i don't know, I don't know boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he throws the fishing line over the boom and then he swings it back to knock the guy out yeah <laughs> i remember i was writing a spec script for 30 rock and just came up over my shoulder and she's like why doesn't it tell you you spelled campfire wrong and I said, because campire is a word. <laughs> she said, what's a campire? And I said, part of a boat. And she's like, no, it's not. And I said, how do you know? And she said, because you couldn't name a part of a boat if you tried. And I said, oh, yeah? Sternum. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> so here's another person with a traumatic brain injury um, left in the alley yeah, by yeah, the side yeah. of the warehouse. Um. So now MacGyver climbs over the wall to check out what the, the gases are by uh, by smelling them. <laughs> That's the best way to determine whether a gas is poisonous or not. Um, and also, he's able to determine that one gas is helium, 
Despite helium being odorless. <laughs> yeah. I Does don't... he inhale it? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what helium. <laughs> um, but he also calls helium the smallest of all gases. I was like, uh, I think it's twice as big as hydrogen. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's close to twice as big, at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to find some kind of verification online. Like, maybe because there's two, it, it is technically smaller in some kind of way. But its atomic weight is higher. Uh I did, I don't know it. I didn't I didn't like that that was used. But maybe it's all muscle mass. So <laughs> it's, it's the smallest. It just weighs more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so interesting uh, little Mac fact when I was trying to figure out which was smaller, hydrogen and helium. Even right. though I already knew, I I knew in my heart. I knew when I was confirming what I already yeah. knew to be correct. Um, hydrogen uh, and helium are the most abundant elements in the universe right. like you know the, the space is just full of it but uh on earth hydrogen we can get make we can make we can make from water but helium can't be made uh it well com- it can well it can but it's very difficult to collect it from a nuclear explosion right the sun is making hydrogen to helium all yeah. the time i know uh, that because of a they might be giants song mm, uh but um uh, the helium that comes from earth is the result of a uh, radioactive decay and usually exists in these natural gas wells. Yeah. Um, but what's crazy is that every time hydrogen and helium are released in the atmosphere, like if you pop a helium balloon, the helium just keeps going up into, out into space. It just completely leaves the earth. So is it in a shell around the a- atmosphere? I, know, I think it, I think because it's so light that it can just go oh, like, wow. like the, it just goes out and just continues out into space. It just drifts. Huh. And I was like, that's insane. So eventually we'll have no helium. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. Because well, you need millions of degrees to make helium. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a finite, extremely finite resource. Huh. Uh, well, you know, well, technically, you know, we could we can only turn so much water into hydrogen. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah. Two-thirds of it, I think. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Atomically, two thirds of it. Um, but uh, so that was really interesting. That it's just like it just goes. It's yeah. gone. <laughs> it's literally gone forever. Uh, it's really... That's crazy. I'm gonna think twice before I pop my next balloon. Yeah, just gonna inhale it. Only inhaling from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that still escapes. Uh, but I think it's yeah. I guess it's weird that he's able to identify it as helium. Yeah. But also the fact that he soaks this bag because he says helium will just seep through the pores of this plastic bag, which it would. Yeah. Um, but that uh, soaking it in water would help. Yeah, it, it seems it's like not even water. It's like swamp, like entire <laughs> yeah. water. It's really gross. <laughs> it seems like it, yes, it would help seal the pores, but I still feel that the helium and the pre- the amount of pressure that he's putting on this bag would still leak out fast. But maybe just enough to get it up in the air for a short time. Another thing you'll hear us recomment on next week. Yeah. Something that has no seal and should totally be leaking and is not. Yeah, I I don't get it. Yeah, but you know it's one of the things about this MacGyver about this and other MacGyvers is you have to take take things in stride. Like he's giving you a basis for what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it's not necessarily the theoretically this works. Yeah. As long as it works theoretically. We have to go along the road. Yeah. So he sends up this uh, balloon, and uh, 
and so but that's instantly gives away his position and he notes it in the dialogue because like i was worried that it's just like as soon as he does, does that they're gonna know where he is but he says that in the line of dialogue that that they'll know they'll yeah. just be able to find out where he is yeah um so one of the goons is on a motorcycle and so he he decides to go and like uh get a look at what's going on but he has to drive back into the warehouse because that the reason they have to keep going in and out of the warehouse is that boat hole that MacGyver slid out of the way, and that car is it's still, still blocking. It's still blocking them halfway down the alley. So MacGyver takes his fishing line and strings it across the open door on the other end of the warehouse, and just waits for this motorcyclist to come by and just yanks, yanks him, him right off. off. It's like that kind of decapitated him. I don't like, think so. Oh man, he was going pretty fast through yeah, that line. Yeah, but it's all plastic. It's not like it's a garroter yeah. thing. Um, but there, there is this sweet bit of electronica in the score oh, yeah. that's going on here. It's like, oh my god, I love this music. For this. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, so now the flag is up, and uh, a few LAPD officers who happen to be nearby see it. And one thinks that it's just some kids goofing around, uh, but the other... Uh, Actually has some military experience. Yeah, and he recognizes the, the pattern as the... the classic call for pleh pleh because all, all the flags are upside down um but uh the the guy who thought it was just some kids the younger guy um that actor's name is rob garrison and uh you might recognize him if you're a big fan of the karate kid franchise he plays tommy in the first and second installments mm. um, but he's probably most famous for um in the final match uh against the cobra kai yeah when he just shouts Get him a body bag, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he's really into that line. Yeah, he's super excited about uh, murdering a person. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Elaine is still coping with her pregnancy and starts kind of like letting out moans of pain from the baby, while Andrew is kind of like sneaking around looking for her. Yeah, and uh, I think I feel like there are still more goons. Like, who are have not entered the scene because they're watching the outside. Yeah, it seemed like there was a lot at the house. Yeah. Um, but because so far he's only taken out the two that he already took out before. Yeah, a second time. Each. Yeah, and and now the motorcyclist. While uh, Andrew's looking around, uh, he finds her. He finds Elaine. Basically, he, he she she's making too much noise, and he he he's got the gun to her and. Uh, he has to add insult to injury by saying, like, do you think I could be attracted to someone like you? Yeah. And it's like, really, you're about to kill your wife and your unborn child. I don't really think you need to to hammer this home yeah. how much you despise this woman as well. Yeah, it's really not um, fair. It's like, yeah. by the way, thanks for the car and all the money and yeah. getting my friends out Ugh. of prison and me. Um, but then out of nowhere, MacGyver grabs him by his legs and pulls him underneath the jeep and it's like a horror film yeah it's just like i feel like it's like a scene from ghost with the little black spirits just dragging him yeah, yeah, under yeah. and somehow he punches him while underneath the jeep and he drops the gun before he falls yeah like. yeah so the gun the gun falls out of, and like he's just being dragged underneath the jeep by macgyver and then you just hear the push of the punch and macgyver comes out and uh, and there's like a moment where Elaine says the baby's coming, and MacGyver's like, "Oh no!" 
and you think that there's I'm prepared gonna... for everything except for childbirth. Yeah, and you think that there's going to be a delivery scene, like that's what the the it's like. Okay, here it comes. He's going to have to deliver this baby, but then we just hard cut to ambulance and police taking away the goons. Yeah, and she's already and... got the baby in her lap. Yeah, um, the, he he goes up to the ambulance, and the the, the medic comes out. It. I don't know if you noticed this. I I thought it was really strange. The medic has this really goofy smile. Like, she either knows Richard Dean Anderson or she's not supposed to, she's like, get her walk on roll or something like that. She's like, oh, yeah, she's fine. She wants to see, like, she's like goofy as hell. And I, was I just did not like, notice that. She's super smiley. Like, she doesn't know what to do when MacGyver's talking to her. And uh, then she just kind of walks away and MacGyver goes in. But it was just such a weird encounter with this paramedic. <laughs> uh, and uh, But we see Elaine with the baby. The baby's a girl. Yeah. Uh, so all this, this masculine bashing that's been going on uh, <laughs> pays off. <laughs> there you go. And all these henchmen have been knocked out and have had traumatic injuries mm-hmm. to their heads. Not to mention the three strikes law. Maybe that's how phrenology works. They're just like, see all these dents? Oh, that's what makes you a criminal. It's like, no. No, this yeah. happened after. This part's so soft. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Elaine... Uh, we, you know what we didn't mention, but Elaine earlier says that she's going to give up the kid for adoption. Right, yeah. Um, uh, because because she, she's been so just disenchanted by this whole experience. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a weird bit. Yeah, um, I mean, it. still, she's it's an emotional time, so she's yeah. not really thinking very clearly. But uh, but she, she decides now that she's going to keep the baby on a trial basis. Right. And I love MacGyver's response. It's like, yeah, I hear a lot of people do oh, that. Oh, yeah, people are doing that all the time. <laughs> it's such a great line. Yeah. And it's such a great button for the end of the episode. Yeah, and that, that is where we end it there yeah. in the ambulance. I, I know we talked a lot of downplay and weren't too fond of this episode. Yeah, we've been ripping on this for weeks. Yeah. And it's not the greatest episode ever. Like I, I don't think it deserved what we gave it. Yeah. Honestly. It's it's got some there's some pluses here. It, but it, a fun drinking game would be and now they're back in the warehouse yes, for this podcast. Yeah. They they really got their money's worth utilizing this warehouse. And there's really not much to the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Like with Deathlock it's like, oh they're stuck in the same house the whole time. That's like yeah. But the rooms are interesting. But yeah, the whole thing is fun. And and this is literally just an empty warehouse with nothing but doors. And they're like, where's the door the whole time? <laughs> and it's just, it's a little bit frustrating. But um, but I think the dialogue makes up for it. I think you're right. The story is a little bit convoluted in mm-hmm. that it's like, wait, so this woman is pregnant and her husband has a halfway house and he's an ex-con and they're trying to murder her. Mm-hmm. And... And he's got to deal with a prison gang to get the prison gang out. Yeah. It's, there, there's so many layers. And she's got all the evidence right here in this bag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in her MacGyver MacGuffin. Yeah, exactly. And 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 really, the bag becomes a moot point. Like, it really just becomes about killing her. Yeah, because by about the end, they're the not even bag. talking about it. Yeah. When uh, Andrew shows up, he's just like, I'm going to kill her. I don't... Yeah. He's not asking for the briefcase. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wants it back, yeah. but... It seems like his his orders aren't to get the bag if you have to kill her, uh, do it. But I guess yeah. he, he would have to kill her either way because she's going to talk. Right. Um, but the evidence seemed more important than her testimony, so maybe she's not a credible witness. But I do like the dialogue they gave her, and I do like 
Um, I think she delivers it really well. I think MacGyver gets some fun jabs too in this. Yeah. Um, there's cool stunts and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. They they do some pretty interesting stuff. And uh, you you really can't make the point. Oh well, why didn't they just shoot them at this point? Because almost every time you're thinking that there's a sh- giant piece of sheet metal. Yeah. To protect them, <laughs> and so like they actually did the 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 work of like, well, if they're on this elevator, wouldn't the guys just shoot them while they're going down to the first floor? And it's yeah. like, okay, well, let's install a piece of sheet metal over the top of the elevator, which for all intents yeah. and purposes would have no reason to be there. Exactly. But um, but they actually put it there and they put it in the scene to make sure that. You're not taken out of it by that. Exactly. Um, Even though he could have run up to the crane that was operating. And... Nope, nope. <laughs> it would not have worked. But all in all, it was, it's okay. It's a decent episode. It's not as bad as we were saying. Still probably the worst one so far. Oh, uh, I don't know. To be a man was pretty. Yeah, to be a man was the worst pretty one. Pretty rough. Because <laughs> he sleeps through most of that episode. Yeah. And we're not allowed to. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, this is right above to be a man mm-hmm. on our uh, on our MacGyver missteps yeah. chart. Um, yeah, or right below. Right below. Right oh, below. Oh, because if it's the, if be it, a man if, is the worst. Okay, so it's is, it's the top of the worst list. Yeah, <laughs> not is, at the bottom of the best list. Yes, a very important distinction. <laughs> um, but I think that's about it for this episode. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to disagree with us on the merits of this episode, uh, you can do so via Twitter, um, at opening gambit is our handle. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Phoenix foundation podcast. And as always, you can find us on our website, Phoenix foundation podcast.com. If you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Um, I know I mentioned it every episode, but, uh, we are uh, pretty active in responding to comments on, on the Facebook page. So if, if you do want to have a conversation with us and you think that we're wrong or, or we missed a point, mm-hmm. feel free to let us know on the Facebook page and, uh, and I'll argue with you. Yeah. Um, about we, how we're right. <laughs> we were, we were recently criticized for being a little too harsh on, uh, on the eraser and not uh-huh. harsh enough on, uh, the twice stung villain. <laughs> and, uh, I tried to stand, stand my ground there, but some, some decent points were made and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, my, my opinion may have been swayed. So it's, it's worth checking out the Facebook page and, uh, and, uh, hearing or sharing, sharing your thoughts. And, mm-hmm. and we, we'd like to, to make things a little bit more reciprocal and we can yeah. bring stuff up on, on the show. So, um, we're very approachable. Yeah. And, uh, tune in next week we're going to be covering season two episode 15 pirates that's, yeah cut that out maybe <laughs> no you know i'll leave it in. All, right. all right thank you for listening bye